Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ealing Christian Center. My name is Shane. I'm the associate pastor of Ealing Christian Center's Auckland City campus under Mike and Liz Griffith's leadership. And first of all, I just want to give a big shout out to our worship team. Man, that's amazing. You know, I came to Ealing in 2011. When I, when I visited Ealing Christian Center in Auckland City, Shannon was our uh, uh, worship leader. <laughs> I, have, I, I haven't seen Shannon leading worship for a long, long time. But today, I got twice in the same morning. Awesome. <laughs> and I also want to take this opportunity to say thank you, Pastor Daryl and Denise. Thank you for your love and your heart for this community. Thank you for building such a great church in Pokekohe. We love you. We miss you. God bless you. Have a wonderful holidays. <laughs> and I came to New Zealand in 2002. You know, when I, when I look back over the years, in the past 20 years, so many things have changed. 20 years ago, I was a single man. I didn't know too much about life. But now, I'm married with two little kids. 20 years ago, I didn't believe in God. I had no purpose in life. But today, I'm a full-time pastor serving the church. 20 years ago, I was an international student with a strong Chinese accent. But today, I'm a proud New Zealander with a strong Chinese accent. <laughs> So it's an amazing journey. I came to Ealing in 2011, and then I became a Christian. I joined a small group. You know, in our Ealing Christian Center, we believe you will find freedom when you join a small group. Yeah, you, right. Let me tell you, I actually found more in my first small group. I found freedom, I found friends, and I found my wife. <laughs> After I found my wife, I lost the freedom and friends. <laughs> No, she's a very nice lady. I gained more friends, okay? She's a very, very nice lady. Her name is Yvonne. She's working full-time in the medical center in North Shore. Today, I left two little kids with her. So thank you for this wonderful opportunity. As you, you already knew that uh, we are, we are um, in our sermon series called The Ten. It's, it's a sermon series on the Ten Commandments. Today, we are into the final one. The final one is also the first commandment. Now, let's get into the scripture. Exodus 20, verse 2 to 3. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. The first commandment is in the first place because it needs us to practice first. Order is very important. This commandment is all about our relationship with God because everything else flows out of that. So today's sermon topic is put the first commandment first. God frames this commandment by talking about himself and his relationship with us first. He says, I'm the Lord. He's the creator of all things, and he gives all lives to us. I'm the Lord, your God. 
He is also a personal God who wants an intimate relationship with you. Who brought you out of Egypt. He leads us to a better future. Out of the land of slavery, he sets us free from all the bondages in life. And then he gave us the commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. What are other gods? Other gods can be anything in life you worship. It can be the false gods of other religions or idols you seek after for favor, blessing, and protection. As I grew up in China, I always found that the people who worship false gods are often enslaved to religious practice and troubled by the constant fear of karma. That increase their bondage and reduce their freedom. But Jesus says, the truth will set you free. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When you share your faith with your friends, families, or workmates, they will agree with you on most of your values. No one has a problem with love, peace, and forgiveness. But when you make the point that there is only one God and Jesus is the only way to heaven, they will get offended. They will disagree. Some might say, hey, it's unkind. How can you tell other people that their gods are false? What they believe is wrong. Well, I believe when Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me, it's a very compassionate statement. Because that God's people again is searching salvation in a place where it can never be found. Before I was a Christian, I used to ask false gods for favor and blessing. You know, I had a ceramic statue of a Chinese goddess called Guan Yin. Oh, she was a beautiful piece of art. And that was a gift from my mom. When I became a Christian, the first thing I did was to throw her into the rubbish bin. <laughs> the statue, not my mom. <laughs> when I was praying to the false god, I wish someone could tell me, hey, Shane, Shane, if these gods are true, if they really care about you and want to help you, don't you think they should have come to you and made a way for you rather than left you here to figure out the impossible puzzle? It's easy for a god to find you, but it's possible for you to look for them. Why do they all choose to keep silent? My children go to Westminster Christian School in North Shore, and it's a 15-minute drive from my home. A 15-minute drive is very easy for me, but it's impossible for a seven-year-old and a five-year-old to walk home by themselves. I love my kids. So I pick them up every day 
because I must make sure they can arrive home safely. Let's assume on the first day they went to school, after I dropped them off, I said, hey, mom and dad are so busy, okay? We can drop you off, but you have to walk home by yourselves. You must ask, hey, Shane, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Shane? Hey, what if any accident happened? What if they got lost? Well, maybe they should try harder. If they can't find their way home, just try harder. Man, it, it, sounds so, it sounds so ridiculous for a parent to say that, but that's exactly what other religions teach. But Jesus says, no, no. I came to you, and I found you. I have done all the hard work. And I made a way for you to go home. When you read the book of Exodus, you will see that God had saved all Israelites out of Egypt before he gave them the Ten Commandments. Please listen to me. This is very important. God didn't give, give them the Ten Commandments first and say, hey, listen. I will not save you until you agree with me on everything on this list. Or you will stay in Egypt and be slaves forever. No, God didn't do that. God gave them an unconditional offer. I will save you no matter what. In the same way, Jesus died for us before we did a thing for him. God didn't wait for us to get everything right and then came to us. No, in fact, Jesus knew that we would never get things right apart from him. So he chose to come to us first. You see, grace always comes first from God. Every time we face a non-believer or someone who never knows God, we must ask ourselves this question. What does this person see first in me? What does this person see first in me? Grace or judgment? Grace or religious rules? Please don't get me wrong. Rules, disciplines are very important to a Christian's life. But the new pattern of life follows grace. They are the outcome of grace. They are not the cause. So in a relationship between God and humans, God is always the proactive one. He always chooses to give us grace. He always gives us opportunities to repent. As followers of Jesus, we must extend His grace. Friends, grace chose you. Try choosing grace for others. So my first thought for you today is choose grace for others. Choose grace for others. Choose grace for others, that means we always act positively towards others, no matter who they are or what their response will be. Today we are living in a time many people believe, hey, if you disagree with me, if I don't like what you say, I will cancel you. 
I don't want to listen to you anymore. And I don't want to see you anymore. I will cancel you. According to 2018 New Zealand census, 37% of New Zealand people identify themselves as Christians. 14% in other religions. 49% have no religion at all. So 37% Christians, 14% other religions, 49% non-religion. Should we cancel all of the majority? Of course not. They are the reason we are planting churches in this world. They are the people we are going to show God's grace so that they can know God. Romans 12, 12, 21 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. We are God's chosen people to show this world a different type of attitude, different type of lifestyle. When others choose fightings, arguings, the cancel cultures, we choose peace and grace. Yes, so That's how we make a difference in this world. Yes. When I was in college back in China, my school teachers always put a good student sit with a student who was not very good so that the good one can help the bad one improve. Well, I was asked by my student to sit with a good one. <laughs> this boy was very good. He was so smart. He was good in every subject. He was also very special because he was the only Christian in my class. Wow. One of my problems was I was always talking in the class. Okay? So every time I wanted to talk to him, hey, he always did, did this. Shh, listen. Okay? That's good. But one day, in a biology class, when the teacher was introducing the orange of life and evolution, something unusual happened. This boy was talking to me. Shane, Shane, <clears throat> listen to me. This is not true, okay? The origin of life is not just a chemical reaction. Life is much more complicated than that. He is not telling you the truth. And I turned to him and said, shh, listen. What's wrong with this boy? Hey, for Chinese students, the textbooks issued by the government represent authority. Nobody, nobody ever challenges it. We take it as it is. We do what we are told. So I don't understand him. Why doesn't he just believe what everyone else believes? I was an atheist. He was a Christian. I believed in evolution, he believed in creation. I disagreed with him. I didn't even respect what he believed. But you know what? He always treated me as a friend. He always helped me in my study. Every time, every time I had a question, 
He always give me the answer, not in the exam. <laughs> so today, as a Christian, I respect him. I appreciate what he did for me. Well, that was in the 90s. You know, we, we already lost contact. But if one day I can meet him again, I will give him a big, big hug. Because he was the first one in my life who showed me grace without compromising the truth. Romans 14, verse 1 says, Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over dispute matters. Just live at peace with everyone. Faith is a journey. We all know faith is a journey. We are all in different seasons different stages. In that biology class, my classmate would never imagine one day I would become a pastor. <laughs> you never know what's coming in God's plan. So let's choose grace and keep the door open for others. Yeah, Our founding pastor, Luke Ruffs, said once said, in essential beliefs, we have unity. In non-essential beliefs, we have liberty. In all our beliefs, we have love. What are the essential beliefs? Put first commandment first. There is only one God, and Jesus is the only way to heaven. The essential beliefs are those defined our eternal destiny. We should never compromise that. What are the non-essential beliefs? Well, my political views, my personal opinions, my cultural preference, those things are very important to me, but they don't define anyone's eternal destiny. So let's just keep them to ourselves. So my dear friends, Ealing Christian Center is a place for everyone. Yeah. We believe in unity, not in uniformity. So we celebrate our differences. So no matter who you are, where you're from, what's your background, the door is always open for you, and you can always find God's grace in this place. Yeah. My second thought for you today is choose praise over pride. Choose praise over pride. The first temptation humans ever faced was in the Garden of Eden when Satan said, take it. You will be like God. The rest is history. Basically, every temptation in life is an invitation for us to take matters into our own hands and do what's right in our own eyes. In other words, in every human heart, there is a prideful attempt to be like God. As I mentioned before, 49% of New Zealand people don't have any religion. But you know what? People who don't believe in any religion still have a God in their hearts. The God is themselves. We all want to be like God in our own lives. If you read the chapters about Pharaoh's response to the ten plagues in the book of Exodus, you will see how stubborn Pharaoh is. Right? There is no excuse at all. But Pharaoh just refused to let go. Why? I believed at some point, pride just kicked in and said, hey, <laughs> I am 
Pharaoh. I am regarded as a god in Egypt. Okay? You are all my slaves. No one tells me what to do. The problem was that when Pharaoh held, held on to his pride, everything is falling apart around him. It's easy for me to say, Pharaoh, you are so stubborn. You are so stupid. You are so selfish. But what about myself? How about myself? When I look at myself, every time I choose pride over praise, and every time I choose my personal preferences over biblical principles, things just don't, don't turn out in a pleasing way. I have learned a lot of lessons from that, but you know what? I still occasionally find myself don't let go of my pride. So that's a universal human problem. But God knows our struggles. God knows our weaknesses. In, a, in Psalm 145.3, it says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Friends, the only way to overcome our pride is to start praising God. Praise God. When we praise God, we are in the gesture of humbling ourselves. We humble ourselves and we are saying to God, God, I'm willing to let go of my pride. and I'm willing to submit myself to your way, not my way. In James 14, James says, humble yourselves before God. He will lift you up. Humble yourselves before God and He will lift you up. When we humble ourselves, we will find blessing in our lives. We find blessings in our relationships, in our finances, in our careers, in everything I do in life. Humble ourselves. Put the first commandment first. We are the people choose praise over pride. Worship team, please come up. As we look at the Ten Commandments, consider the fact that the first four commandments are about, about loving God, and the last six are about loving people. The Ten Commandments can be summarized as Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And love your neighbors as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So we only worship one God and no other gods. We don't bow down to idols because those idols only take us away from God. We don't take God's name and be empty. We are full of God. And we remember God's grace. We remember God's gift. The Sabbath is for us to rest and to honor God. Love your neighbors as yourself. Let's start with our family. Remember to honor your parents. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we don't murder. We don't commit adultery. Don't lie, don't steal, don't envy what others have. Because when we follow the real God, when they only worship the one true God and put the first commandment first, God 
will lead us into a better future. And He will help us find the ultimate contentment in life. God bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Ten Commandments. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your wisdom. Lord, we pray that you will help us. You will help us to, to focus on you. And every time when our pride kicks in, Lord, you will give us the strength. You will give us the strength to keep our way straight. And Lord, please help us to always praise you and show the world your grace so that everyone can see the real image of you in our lives. Friends, if you are not Christians and you never know what's God's purpose for your life, today I want to tell you God loves you and He has a great plan for you. Bible teaches us that we all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. What sin does in our life is it separates us from God. That's why we don't feel God's grace. That's why we have eyes, but we don't see the vision. We have ears, but we don't hear the truth. But Jesus came. He came and died for us. He paid the penalty of our sin on the cross so that we can reconcile with God. We can get back to the right track and find our purpose to live in grace. So I'm encouraging you today, take it as an opportunity to follow God, to follow Jesus, to take the step of faith. If you have made up your mind, all you need to do now is do a prayer by following me. I will do the prayer and you pray after me in your heart. Are you ready? Let's do it. Dear Lord Jesus, today I realize I need you. I want to become a new person. I ask you for your forgiveness because I have sinned against you. Thank you for your grace and your love. I know you have paid the penalty for my sin. Today, I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Please show me your purpose. Please let me see the vision you want me to see. I will be following you now and forever. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.